Thank you for downloading Fun Employment Radio. Don't forget, when you're shopping on Amazon, to go to funemploymentradio.com first and click on the Amazon banner at the top of the page. It's free for you, and it helps us out tremendously. Thanks a lot. Here's the show. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio is here. Unemploymentradio.com. I'm telling you, it just it makes every vampire movie ever <laughs> created obsolete and stupid because they didn't do this. Why are, It'd be vampires so easy are to so solve like this. three years ago, Greg. Why are you talking about vampires now? Because because I know I feel late. like it's going to be getting a resurgence. <laughs> and I'm just saying, I was thinking about it the other day, and it came to me, maybe three years too late, why don't you just make machine guns with wooden bullets and you have the problem solved? It's a bunch of stakes. Even if you don't hit the heart on the first one, you just keep shooting enough, you're going to hit it eventually. I mean, are the bullets big enough, do you think? Yes. Yes, it's just, it's just common sense. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network, then available via podcast all over the Internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. All right, so we got a bunch of stuff that we're going to get to today. Um, I do, we will be doing... My review of Phantom of the Opera. Oh, oh boy. I will be giving an honest review of it. <laughs> I wonder what your review is like um, since I've seen it before. And I, I have a couple thoughts too, but I want to hear yours first. Okay. All right. I will be so doing we'll it. talk about it. But really quick, I, did, I, I just want to just wanna say that is, a, that is a simple solution to that problem. Is it not? These are the things that I think about. Like I was watching Don't something. Don't those already exist though? Okay. I saw, here's what happened. I saw a trailer for like a, a, some – True Blood. I was watching an old episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. They had a trailer for True Blood on it. And and I was like, well, wait a minute. This is just – it's so easy. And then then I was bringing this up yesterday and people were bringing up the fact that, OK, but you couldn't have a, a firing pin because the, the bullet would blow up. Here's what you do. You have a metal base on it so you can have the firing pin on there, but the tip is wood – and therefore, it's a stake, and then you can put like a like a science varnish over it, so that way it doesn't explode. Holds the wood together. Bam! Solve the problem. So you're watching a like a seven year old like rerun of True Blood. Yes. And now you're coming coming up with the concept of wooden bullets because yes. they can kill. The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, it just it just makes sense. It's just it's just common sense. All right. In the live chat, uh, Shockwave says wooden bullets were used, but this is not what the whole show is going to be about. I'm sorry. Uh, said wooden bullets were used by British troops in Hong Kong and Northern Ireland for crowd control because they don't break the skin. Well, those were the wrong kind of wood bullets. They were probably blunted on the end. Now you sharpen them and you put that varnish on there and give it a good, good hard varnish, and it's going to go right through the skin. Greg, I think people might have thought of wooden bullets before you. Are you are you frustrated at the fact that True Blood didn't use the, the wooden bullets? I'm frustrated about a lot of things. Okay, and this is this is why one are you of them. taking it out on uh, on True on the now defunct uh, terrible well, true, true amazing Blood, show True, true Blood. Blood. True Blood was just one of them. I'm just saying, bam, that would be a problem I could solve right away. If that were if this were an actual problem that we had, I could rise up the ranks of politics. Really I quick see what my you're solutions. doing. You're deflecting. What do you mean? This is what you're doing. You're trying to solve problems that, A, have already been solved, B, never existed in the first place, and C, have nothing to do with your life whatsoever. Uh, But you're spending all your time and energy and thinking about (laughs) true blood making wooden bullets so that way vampires never existed even though they're a fictitious thing to begin with. No, you'd just be able to eliminate a lot of them really quick. 
Oh, okay. It's just common sense. I solve problems, Sarah. That's uh, what I'm doing. It's being asked in the chat if you're high. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of tea. Uh, I don't it's not like a euphemism this, for anything. I don't like this tea high. What, tea? Tea's, yeah, tea's feels, amazing. So Greg and I, behind the scenes, we ran out of coffee. And so Greg and I are <laughs> let's, both... Let's break it down, folks. This <laughs> is what just, we do here every let's day. Let's get real. I'm yeah, going to flip around my chair and sit backwards on that. And All I'm right. Gonna talk You're going to rap you with us? I'm going to straight talk. Let's rap. Oh, God. No, so Greg and I ran out of coffee, and so we're both drinking tea. And I think it's a, it's a different kind of caffeine. Tea is delicious. It's making me feel weird. Yeah. I'm talking very loud, too. And like You it, are the same, a, quite loud. No, I know. I'm like talking. Like, I can't change like the level of my voice. Okay. It's like a different kind of caffeine. It's making me feel strange. Well, anyway, the bottom Let's line is. Let's talk more about your wooden bullets. Though, wooden Greg. bullets. <laughs> that is how you solve this thing. And it's just, it's just simple. If anybody else has any problems that like, they would like solved, I'm feeling very um, solvy today. So, like, I can solve a lot of things. And so if you have those, you can go to funemploymentradio.com so slash live. Solvy. And you can uh, drop in drop in your um, your your questions or your problems, and maybe I can solve them for you. We'll, maybe, maybe we'll have a segment of that later. If people have enough problems, I can probably solve them for them. You're offering to solve people's problems? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing. All right. Um, All right. Um, here's a question. Uh, Edward wants to know, Greg, do you know why wooden stakes kill vampires? Well, that's a doctor science kind of question. Okay. I just I'm just going with the facts. Like I'm solving the problems. I'm not answering science questions right now. I'm just uh I'm just solving solving quite, you know, solving problems. Sure. That's my main goal. Sure, sure, sure. That's my main gig. So what what got you that the idea about the wooden bullets? It was just the random the trailer true, for True Blood. So that that trailer for True Blood stuck with you so much though. It's, yeah. That it's like continued on into today. Yeah, I was thinking about it when and I went to sleep last night. You're still thinking about you you thought about it when you went to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm now we're like, spending the first so 5 dumb. minutes of our show talking about yes. True Blood and your yes. wooden bullets. I'm sorry. It's true, though. I'm just solving solving problems. That's uh, that's all I'm doing, sir. It just it just makes sense. I don't sense. think people people don't I took down like they an entire franchise. Ah, somebody does. All right, <laughs> let's 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 move on to this. So, if you listened to the last couple of shows, we have talked about this: the fact that it was Sarah's big day yesterday. It was where she was going to see. Phantom of the Opera. Did you forget what it was called for a second? Though? No, I did not. Okay, Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> where. It was uh, it was it was here in Portland last night, the Broadway production, and Sarah's been excited about this for a long time. How many times have you seen it now? Uh, that was my fourth or fifth. I can't remember. You don't even know. That is, I don't think I've even seen a movie, not in a theater anyway. I've never seen a movie in a theater four or five times. Yeah, I saw it with my family two or three times when I was younger. Then I saw it once, like ten years ago, and then um, yeah, and then I saw it yesterday. You saw it three times as a kid. Yeah. Really. Oh, we would go every year. Like it was our big, it was our big to do. It was our big thing. Like we'd uh, travel to, to the big the... city of Seattle, uh-huh. and we'd get all dressed up for the day, and um, yeah, and go see like an afternoon or like a matinee um, version of Phantom of the Opera, and then go out to a nice dinner afterward. Wow. Yeah, but it was right. like a family day. We'd do that like once a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Very cultured. So Quite so cultured. so you've seen it four or five times, and. You know, you were going to it last night. I ended up actually going last night as well, as we talked about yesterday, because my buddy, um, my buddy had an extra ticket. So I also saw it last night. So I know I've been doing a lot of, you know, I, I joke about what Phantom of the Opera is about. Well, it's not really a joke. I really did, you know, it was supposed to be about a janitor. It's, it's supposed to be about a janitor in a hotel. Janitor in a hotel, uh-huh. obviously, and that's and it's a weird, creepy janitor who peeps on everybody, and that's what Phantom it's of the Opera is about. Creepy janitor. That was 100% confirmed by the show last night, because that was obviously what it was. Mm-hmm. Now, it was... I'll say this. I wanted to give, like, my review of it. Like, an honest review. Sure. Of what the... I don't know if I need the music. Um, it's very quiet. You can barely hear it. Okay. 
So going there, yes, one, I did feel underdressed. I didn't dress dress up enough. Mm-hmm. I did not. I told you. I wore a button up shirt and I wore nice jeans. I didn't put on slacks. And now let me Greg, say you this: not say nice. I like how you're like, like <laughs> you can't put nice well, in front of the word jeans and like make them classier. Okay, they were my nice jeans. There's two things with it's this. Like so, they were my nice tennis shoes. All right. Well, one. <laughs> okay, so I got there. I ended up being in the cheap seats, uh, way up way up top. And to get to the to get to the cheap seats, like okay, I. I was not dressed up enough, but I was not the worst dressed person there by a long shot. So I did. I had a nice long sleeve shirt on. I just standing next to the dudes in the shirts and ties and the full full getups. I realized, okay, yeah, I don't fit in with that. Also, um, I don't fit in with where their fancy seats were because I walked past the open door where the where the high class people were, oh, where yeah. they had like the mixer. I swear you it was a mixer. It was like a mixer below the, the top one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And they had they had catering. They did have samples. Had I had the right the right seats, the good seats, the box seats. Couldn't you have just snuck in? I thought about it, but again, I was underdressed. That's true. That's why you I, I would have. Like, scre- you might as well have just been walking around like <laughs> yelling or like had a siren on your head. I I could have had I uh, had had I been dressed up, I probably would have tried it because uh, I mean it was are, free food in there, and I do not turn down folks free food. in the chat are asking you, um, does nice jeans equal uh, less than two holes? There were no holes. No holes. No I holes. Find that I'm hard talking to believe. nice All jeans. All of your jeans have holes in them. They do not. I've got one pair with a hole. All right, in let them. me ask you this: Were the bottoms of them tattered? Because That's because I'm short, them? Sarah. You can't call that out. That's a short people problem that we all have. Here's the problem. They don't make inseams that are 29 inches. They make them 30 inches. And for those of us inseam with 29-inch inseams, you can't find a damn pair of pants. <laughs> so you have to wear Your inseam's 29? That the properly fit would be 29. Wow. I'm, I am taller than you, or my legs are longer no, than you're yours. No, you're not. Yeah, I did twenty nine. What for a pair of jeans? Yeah, yeah, twenty nine. I'm thirty. Probably. I'm thirty one. On the inseam? Yeah, on the inseam. Or I mean, I'm the talking length, length. The, yeah, the length. length. Yeah, that's the inseam, right? I th- yeah, waist, I waist. Yeah, is whatever the, other one. the long one. The, yeah, the leg length. Wait, what? And now uh, people Bean are saying is now this? saying that she has Bean is super tiny, and she's saying she has a twenty nine inch in- inseam. Well, then I have giant legs. Then no, you have no, a freak short. torso. Then. What the hell? What the hell? Wait you a minute. Have 29 this inch to... inseam? No, okay, there's other people in here who, who still have a 20 have a 29 inch inseam. I think there's something wrong here. Cuz there's no way. I and this is in the live chat funemploymentradio.com/live where if you're a subscriber you get to uh, join in the chat. Um I've stood next to Bean. I'm quite a bit taller than her. Well, so the there's top no half way. of you is taller. No. But your legs are the same length. Then she has no, then she has freakishly long legs and it's a short torso. That's what it is. It's not me. I don't have a problem. So well anyway, yes, I have twenty here's the All right, problem. So what with we're it. Saying, even- let's, let's just break this down. For short people out there everywhere, I have a beef with the garment industry because of this fact. You know, Will you please mute my microphone for me? I'm a thirty two inch waist and I'm a twenty nine inch inseam. There it is. It's out for everybody to hear. Okay. That's very bold. I'm I'm breaking it out for you. But a 32 inch? Yes. That's pretty small. I'm a small guy. Okay, I'm just saying like okay. don't ever lament about your shame chips or anything. That's like super small. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. that's good then. Yeah. So so with that, you you can't you can't they only make 30 inch. 32 30, that's all they make. 
3230. We do have – oh, someone's saying that we should bust out the tape measure. We do – I can see a tape measure from here. <laughs> I used to have to do this for <laughs> – part of part of when I worked for the – we'll get back to Family Opera here in a minute. But part of when I, when I used to have to work for the um, – Uniform company. Because uh, when I got out of college, I did this for about a year, year and a half or something like that. I was an outside salesman for a uniform company where I go around business to business and sell like uniform services. For a, for a, it was for a company called Unifirst, but it's like Cintas and Aramark and all those people that mm. do uniforms. So I would have to go around and sell these services. But the, the, the key is, though, the salesman who sells it. So if I sold it, I'd have to come in and I'd have to measure everybody. So that was oh, you had to put like your face near their crotches. I had to put my face near a bunch of dirty, sweaty oh, old men's crotches. Oh, you had to like touch old man crotches. Pretty old no, man. I wouldn't do it. I would refuse to do that. I would be like, I'm going to have you hold that up there, and then I would hold it down Are to the bottom. Are you supposed to jam I'd it all the way to like the bottom of the balls? How do you do that? Uh, you get it up. I, I used to know actually that. No, because I'm, I'm genuinely curious no. because you guys have those like the the, the swingies, the stuff going on, and you want your pants well, to properly fit. No, but your pants don't go up below that. There's a little breathing room in there. When you're wearing pants, it's not like it form fits around. <laughs> like you're not going to have the it's even then what like a balloon they're there, not, so like not, fitting that around. Huggers, no, it's not going to be that. I mean, you're going to have a little bit of a little bit of room in there. Um, but yeah, when I when I had to do it though, it was it was very uncomfortable because I'd have to go out to like usually you would sell to industrial sites like machine shops and stuff like that where they'd have a whole bunch of guys out there or like a mill. And yeah, I'd have to sit there and be the guy in the break room going and get measured by the weird uniform guy. He's going to put a tape measure around you and then have to take all their measurements. The measure? Taking the measurements? It was, it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a fun job. I, I would imagine that that would not be a fun job. That part was not fun. Although, I mean, each one that signed up, that was more money I got, but still. It wasn't. Maybe they just like the the look of you. I don't know. It's like I need a little snugger. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't fun. Anyway, the bottom line is. Oh, that's uh, being inches. asked. Did you have to ask someone what side they wear themselves on? No. <laughs> what? How do you think men work? Like, how do you think this whole thing works? That's what works? Rick, our, our friend Rick in the chat just said that, so I was asking. Well, no, that is not something that I'm Didn't going to men, ask. men, I mean, it was pretty popular for men back in, uh, wasn't like in the 70s when they wore like the real tight, the tight crotch well, ones? I don't know. I wasn't dressing back then, so I don't know. You, you lived in the 70s. <laughs> I was alive briefly in the 70s, yes. But Greg was briefly alive in the 70s, I was briefly everybody. alive. In the seventies, <laughs> uh, no, I I don't know. That just sounds miserable. I am not a skinny jeans. <laughs> I am not a tight jeans person. It is not flattering for me. I I, I like. Uh, I was a big fan of the baggy pants movement. So anyway, you're still trying. You're, you're trying to keep it alive. I'm not going to wear skinny jeans. I'm not going to wear tight tight like the. You'd look odd in skinny jeans. Uh, it would feel gross. It like- doesn't feel good. For one, I'm I may be short, but I have. Abnormally large calves. No, you'd look so. like a male ballerina in in skinny <laughs> jeans because your legs are so like muscly. They're they're muscly. They, you yeah. shouldn't. Yeah, they should not be. Things shouldn't be form fit around them. No, it would be bulbous and gross. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's that's going to be a title of my autobiography: bulbous and gross. So <laughs> anyway, self esteem for the win right now. Twenty nine. Yes, the bottoms of my jeans are a little bit tattered, and the the reason is it it looks fine. But it's because you cannot get a damn pair of pants that will fit me. Either I have to hem them up, and then that looks weird, or I got to roll them up or roll them inside, and that looks weird. So the backs of them do end up being mildly tattered. You can't tell. Greg, yes, you can. Greg has what? It. God damn it! I, what? What fucking choice do I have? 
I'm not made of money. Your... I can't go buy new jeans. I didn't every mean time. to break your spirit. I'll help you hem your pants. Then you can put those little hems on them. <laughs> and I, then I look like I'm eight. <laughs> my mom's hemming my pants for me. Oh, actually, Dorf said. <laughs> Dorf in the live chat said his mom hems his pants. Well, maybe I should. Your mom is very handy. Yes, but she doesn't live near here, so so I have. Maybe to... Next time you're like, mom. <laughs> yeah, Jessamine says try the boys section, but they they then they're not they're not big enough. Then that doesn't work. And then you just feel they're creepy too tight. Yeah, and I'm creepy because I'm checking out the boys' pants. <laughs> I know there's other people out there that have this problem, and we don't get to talk about it very often. I'm sorry. I'm just bringing it out there for everybody to well, know. It's hard. It's hard. Being a man around this height. No, but that's why I, I honestly I don't like wearing jeans because I've always had a hard time wearing them because I've always had a big butt and like a smaller waist. <laughs> and they can't like – Everybody knows a big butt. Is that like a peewee line or yeah, something? Yeah, it is. Okay. Let's no, but I mean like jeans for women, it's, it's a pain in the ass too because if you have like a smaller waist but a big butt, like they just make them for a big butt and so they stick out. So they don't fit around your waist. So that's why I just stopped wearing jeans because oh, I couldn't find any that fit me. The balloon seat. Mm-hmm. That's a Simpsons reference. Um, well, anyway. Uh, okay, yeah. Shockwave is saying Levi.com. Here's the <laughs> – I got to try on the jeans so I can uh, see if they fit right. I got a brand that works. I know what I'm – I know the kind of brands I like. I'm very brand specific. Like if I find something I like and it works – I'm not talking like rich brands or anything like that or expensive stuff. It's just if I find a kind that works, then I'm that's it. I'm like, okay, that's done. For years, I only wore Vans shoes because I liked them and they didn't break down. So I was like, Vans shoes, that's all I wear. That'll be it. And it worked. So what did you I'm think getting too far down this road. <laughs> God, I revealed way too much of myself right there. <sighs> that got too real. All right. <laughs> True story. <laughs> All right, Phantom of the Opera. Anyway, no, I could not go in there because I have tattered, disgusting jeans full of holes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I did not go into the fancy, the fancy section. I went up to the cheap seats. I will say this though: I was not the uh, most poorly. There were other guys of my my level of dress up there. The guy I ended up sitting next to though was way. He went way off the board. I don't know what he was doing there. Okay, he was a pretty Wait, much. He's like in like. A fancy, like in a tuxedo or something? Oh, no. He was pretty much, I would say, like the a celebrity look-alike, look-alike for him would be Uncle Jesse from the Dukes of Hazard. That's kind of what he looked like. Do you know, okay. what that, do you know that reference? No, I just know Uncle Jesse from Full House. Oh, my God. There's The original Uncle Jesse is Jesse from Dukes of Hazard. Oh, okay. I, I believe you. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry that this is offensive to you. Jesse from Dukes of Hazard. So old guy with a big gray, big white beard. It's kind of a Santa Claus look. Like one of them, they're like duck like dynasty people? Like if Santa Claus were a hillbilly. Hillbilly Santa Claus. Got hillbilly it. Santa right. Claus. That's kind of it. So the guy kind of looked like that, but he had on the full-on Canadian tuxedo going. <gasps> Ooh, and I'm talking about really? jean pants, like light light blue jean pants, <laughs> and then on top of that, a light blue uh, jean jacket that matched it. The full-on Canadian tuxedo. It was... It it was amazing. Like it was a full long sleeve jacket. So the same color, same color top to bottom. And he was sitting there and he was the angriest man I think I've seen in a long time because I, I ended up having to sit next to him. And he was just he, he like glanced over at me 
and was just he had this look on his face just like did not like he the was fact just you were there. furious that I would be sitting in a sold out show. You know you're gonna have to sit next to mm-hmm. someone. And I didn't show up like bef- you know, late. The show had already started or anything. It was before before the show started. Yeah, to, to reiterate, shockwave in the chat. It was matching denim, matching denim. Oh, outfit. that's amazing. And and this guy was. I don't know whether he was forced to be there. He looked like he was in some kind of a prison camp. <laughs> that's how. That's the look he kind of had. So you don't think it was his choice to actually be? A I'm going to guess the opera. he's not a big fan of Phantom of the Opera, okay. unless unless you know. Maybe I'm just judging a judging a book by its cover. Yeah, don't but he did don't not seem like he was that. Maybe enthused. that was his Sunday best. Maybe he's just like, hey, I don't have a suit, but you know what I do have my Canadian tuxedo, uh, my matching my matching denim. Hey, suit. they match. They match. Might as well. And and so, so this guy, I, I sit down next to him, and and I, I like I wanted to say hi, you know, because sometimes if if it's amenable enough, the other person's nice, you know, you're gonna have to sit next to this person for like two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And I don't follow straight airplane rules with that. I'll be, I'll be cordial, you know. I'm not gonna bother somebody, but I'll be like, oh hi, excuse me, thank you. Yeah. And I said excuse me and sat down. Not a word. Oh. Just glared at me and then turned around and looked straight ahead and kind of just slumped down in his in his uh, in his chair and and then just stared straight ahead. Did not want to did not want to be there. Wasn't having a good time with it. Even at the the half halftime or whatever, at the end of the first act, we have the break intermission. At the intermission. Intermission. Yeah, as they call the it. halftime show. Is that what they call it? The halftime show. You know, uh-huh. and then when you're at the opera. Um, he, I, when I when I got up and left, he because I got up to use the bathroom. Everybody kind of does. Didn't leave his seat. I'm assuming he stayed there the entire time. I came back, still just as just as angry just as, as he was, surly. just as angry as he was a half hour before him. Mm. Yeah. So that's who I sat next to. Wow, for the I show. just sat next to random people. It wasn't. Uh, I didn't really have an experience with the people I sat next to. They were pleasant. Mm. They were quiet. They uh, watched the show and then they left. Yeah, yeah. And That's I didn't hear. So uh, throughout the show, I was listening to hear if I could hear your telltale, like you know, wiggly arms screaming, waking up noises. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't fall asleep. I did not fall asleep. Okay. Um. All right. Here's the review part of it. So I, I know a lot of people have seen it. I have not seen Phantom of the Opera, as it was obvious if you listen to this show. Um. I will. The, uh, watching it, and I won't go too much into the story side of it. I will say it was a bit confusing in the beginning. I didn't quite get what was going on there, and, and it, it took me a little while to understand what was happening. Okay, I didn't so, feel like the scenes like switched. The, I, I felt like if you knew the story, sure. And now that I know the story, watching it again, yeah, it'd make a lot more sense. For a first-time watcher, mm-hmm. didn't make a whole lot of sense at first. I didn't really follow what was going on because they were switching between a play within a play and then outside of the play, but they didn't really differentiate really starkly between going in and out of these things, so it was a little bit confusing. Let me just tell it was a big old mess. Okay, so it I'm not was, wrong in that. You were not wrong. The music So this is, is a different this adaptation? This is a completely different adaptation it's unlike anything i have ever seen before and it was just a mess okay so i was it not was, wrong in saying it was kind of confusing was unfocused it was confusing i know the story frontwards and backwards okay i was confused um it was the the only redeeming quality of it was the music basically the and the and, you know the people who the singers were amazing yeah yeah i mean the the actors were yeah they, i mean they could all sing very well yeah, you know, it yeah. Was, it, that was all great it was it, it was it was terrible. 
Okay. I did not. I I was very disappointed. I love. Wow. Okay. And this is coming from someone who's. This seen is it. coming from someone who you know. I've been looking forward to this for five months, and I'm not saying like uh, the whole night was a waste. I enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed going to the theater. Uh-huh. I enjoyed the whole uh, experience. I enjoyed seeing the sets. I enjoyed listening to the songs. I wasn't bored throughout it. However, for a Phantom of the Opera show, it was not good. It okay. was not good. It was terribly confusing. Uh, they took out full scenes. Uh, they took out. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, not even full scenes. They took out key parts that made it make sense. That would they have explained what the hell was going on in the beginning. Hi- of it? They didn't highlight like at the beginning, like the auction scene at the beginning, which I don't even know if you could tell it was an auction, and I, it was still behind a screen. I understood that it was an auction, but I didn't quite. Then they switched to like the past, and it wasn't really a. No, there used to be – there's more of a transition in the there, original. Yeah, there it needed to be something to tell me like, no, okay, now we're in this scene. Okay, now this is a play within a play, but it's not the actual play. And then it was just like – You know what it was? I just got confused it. was by just it. a giant clusterfuck. Okay. That's, a, that's exactly what it was. It was – I was disappointed. I, I do have to say I – the changes that they made were not good ones. There were some that were um, aesthetically pleasing. Um, but I mean, as I for – I the sets – I mean the sets were very impressive. As for the show, like it didn't – there was no the, – the way that they had the characters because what you really want to do is feel empathy toward um, the Phantom. You know, he's kind of a tragic character. He's, uh, you know, this deformed man who's like been who, – who society didn't want him and so he grew up in the bowels of this Oh, OK. Well, here, let me, let me explain now how, how I felt about it then before, before this because um, I didn't feel a whole lot of sympathy for him. He was mm. kind of an asshole. No, he, they, they don't make him empathetic. Like, I mean, he was just like torturing people, basically. In the, in, in the original Andrew Lloyd Webber production of this, the Phantom is an empathetic character. Because okay. what he is, he's been abandoned. Uh, he's grown up in this opera house his, his whole life. It's the only thing that he knows. And he falls in love with the character Christine Daae. Mm-hmm. And after her father dies, he teaches her how to sing. And they kind of have this, you know, this musical relationship together. Did they talk about her dad? Barely. They talked okay. about him. I think he was a he. He was some sort of musician at the opera house, but they okay. talked about. I think they dropped that part. They dropped everything. Like they I didn't understand even, that. Even with the love story with her and Raúl, like you, there was absolutely no explanation. No, it's that, just like, all of a sudden he was. Okay, sudden, good. Then I'm glad. I'm glad that this wasn't just me. No, it was completely. Because I'm like, all right, now who the fuck's this guy that she's hanging they, out with? Like, they also like had. They basically, honestly, I don't know if you kind of felt like this. They kind of made the Phantom look like he was going like a rapist almost. Oh yeah, no, no, that's the it thing. was. It was. Well, he's okay. supposed to be like tender and one naive of the scenes and, and just I, angry, like as a as a blinded right. animal. No, one of the scenes, and I'll explain this. All right, let, and let me let me bring this up to you since you you know the story. So, and I'm sorry, we're not going too deep into this, but I'm I'm just going to say one of the scenes in this. What I saw last night was where the Phantom takes his girl down to his dungeon or his lair, you know, or whatever, underneath the theater. And he, like, she gets tired and he puts her in his bed. But then he's, like, leaning over her kind of forebodingly. It was pretty rapey-seeming. It was pretty rapey-seeming. And then they just kind of, like, fade fade out while he's, like, leering over her in bed. It kind of reminded me of uh, The Nightman Cometh. From It's Always yeah. Sunny, where, like, all of a sudden the sheets go. It's just like, what is happening here? Yeah. No, and one of the big story arcs, which is why I was so excited for you to see the— and then we'll stop talking about this, I'm sorry. But it's a, you know, it's a big cultural phenomenon. Like, well, and I'm, I wanted to say, though, I mean, just—I wanted to give my review of it because, yeah. because I, I've never seen it. This mm-hmm. is my first time. Uh, I will say the second half was a lot better. It, mm-hmm. was, it was more entertaining. I know you have a lot to say on it, so I'll No, I'll I just, just had one more thing. Okay, all right. 
No, I was I was just gonna say it's I I just feel bad that I that I built it up for you so much because it wasn't at all what I had expected it to be. Okay, that's all. I was just disappointed that you didn't get to see the actual like how actually good it is because I don't know if this is how it's gonna be forever, but it just sucks that it's different. I don't know. I'll say this: I'm glad I can say that I've seen it, um, but uh, I probably wouldn't go again. I don't think that's. I think the most disappointing thing too is I don't think I'll go again. If yeah. it's this guy's adaptation, this readaptation thing, I'll never see it again. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was pretty bad. Okay. Well, there it is, Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. I mean, overall, and I'll say this: I, I still, I still enjoyed going to see it. Yeah, I am going to say that. Like, I I, still... I'm not going to tank it uh, completely because I, I did think the second half was better. It made more sense because the songs like, are really oh, good. okay. People are after him now. Now he's uh, attacking people. Okay, I kind of get what's going on there. Didn't have a whole lot of empathy for him, but I, I liked the character more at that point. Mm-hmm. Got less uh, rapey and more. He was, <laughs> yeah. he was, you know, making stuff go wrong in the theater and stuff like that. That was more entertaining. I think to it me, makes you like half. a character more if they actually describe who the character is and why you should care about them. I yeah, I didn't, bit. I didn't care. I thought he was just a, a villain. I didn't uh, feel a whole lot of empathy for him. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of that for me. Mm-hmm. You know, no. Yeah. Well, so uh, so but. Bean in the chat real quick is asking, I thought he was supposed to be kind of rapey. Doesn't he kidnap her because he's in love, obsessed with her? Uh, I don't think that he is. He's almost like childlike a little bit because he's you know lived in a in a fucking basement or right. you know in the in the bowels of this opera house for his entire life. I don't really think that he's rapey because I don't think he would really. He just seems like a kid. Okay. A little bit, but who's just obsessed with this girl, basically. Yeah, okay. Because it's the only thing that he, that he knows. And w- and he's good at singing? Yes. That's why he's writing this? He's good at teaching music. He Again, writes. and I saw it, and I'm trying you to... You saw this whole thing. You saw two I'm and a half hours of it. <laughs> I'm trying to understand exactly. All right. No, and like the and the symbology with like the, the monkey symbol thing at the beginning at the auction, like that, that was absolutely missed. Like it, it made no sense. No. All right. I know. So you don't even know what I'm talking about. I, I know what you're referencing, but I didn't understand why that was... A deal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that was a deal. Exactly. And okay. it's, a, it's a huge deal. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm glad it's not just me, but there we go. Phantom of the Opera. I'm glad I went. I'm glad I went. I, I am. I'm, I'm glad that I went, too. I'm kind of sad, but what can you do? I'm going to be a little gun shy on going to another. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And see, now I feel like I, like... I can't stand for anything for you know, with you because I, you know, I've been talking about this for months and months and years. Let's just be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. And now you've seen it and it was disappointing. And I'm like, no, I just don't know what to do. So if you ever get the chance to see the original Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, production of Phantom of the Opera, okay, that's what you need to see. All right. All right. Hello, my friends. My name is Sarah X. Dillon. Welcome to my world of crazy. Crazy. Tea is weird. Tea's delicious. Mm, I don't think I like it very much. All right. Uh, out of Sarasota, Florida. How, who doesn't like tea? What do you not like about it? It makes my tongue taste funny. It feels like it's like powder coated. you put coated something else something. in your tea? No, no. It's just like it kind of dries out my mouth. It does the opposite of soothe me. It kind of makes my mouth feel dry. I don't like it. Are you sure this is tea? <laughs> I don't know. You're the one that brought us to the studio. What kind of tea it's, is this? It's English breakfast tea. Oh, English breakfast. I'm feeling a little loopy today. I didn't do a story about a burglar falling asleep on a couch, right? No. Okay. First up out of Sarasota, Florida. A Florida man is facing felony burglary charges. I bet you guys can't guess what he did, right? <laughs> Since I just said 
is facing felony burglary charges after police say he broke into a Sarasota home and then fell asleep on the couch after stealing a bunch of the homeowner's possessions. <laughs> Didn't get far. So tired. I'm so, let me take a nap. Uh, officers arrested Timothy Bontrager, 29 years young, uh, charged him with a felony burglary of an occupied dwelling. So police say Bontrager entered a home through a rear sliding glass door at some point in the middle of the night. The homeowner, an unidentified woman, woke up around 7 a.m. to find him sleeping on the couch surrounded by a bunch of her possessions. So, so he, like, gathered them all onto the couch and was, like, rolling in them he or had something? Already, and then, like, he had already robbed her. And then he was uh, just like, oh, that couch looks mighty fine. Weird. Maybe we'll just we'll take a nap. Just take a little quick. I'm just going to take a little snoozer. Sure, something's in the fridge. Uh, so the unidentified woman woke up at 7 a.m. to find him sleeping on the couch. She woke up on Traeger. Um, so she woke him up and then called the police. Why would you wake him up and then call the police? <laughs> that does seem opposite of what you would want to do. That does seem exactly opposite. Excuse me, Mr. Robber. I'd like you to wait here Jim for a minute. Mr. Robber. No, I, you get the hell out of the house and call the police. Yeah. No, you don't wake up the crazy man who's broken into your house and fallen asleep on the couch. That seems like the wrong thing to do. Well, she did. So she woke him up, called the police. Uh, The burglar then apologized and stumbled around the living room collecting the things he had stolen from her before exiting the house. Why would you wake him up? I don't know. Well, with him, he took the victim's wallet, driver's license, credit and debit cards, as well as her personal checks, uh, all of which had been surrounding him on the couch when he was sleeping. Police arrived on the scene uh, before catching up to Bontrager as he walked down the road with all of her belongings. He's now being held in Sarasota County Jail on a $25,000 bond. Just walking down the street with all of her stuff. Well, we'll see you later. Be nice. <laughs> I don't know why that's what he sounds like to me, but that's just what it is. It does sound like that's... Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he looks like a lot of people I know. Like, if you look at a picture of him, like, he looks like seven guys that you know. Yeah, he's that guy. He's just that guy. All right, next up, a new brand of liquor is coming out. Uh, right now it's in the U.K., but it will be coming to the United States soon. Now, Greg, would you have any interest in drinking this? Uh, it's a $300 drink. Nope. Well, if it's bought for me. Okay, let's set aside the price. All right, so it's, of course. Somebody bought it for me. Yeah, I know. It's coming from the guy who only paid $50 <laughs> for the original why, lineup of Guns N' Roses to see them. This is why I don't get to go to the box seats. All right, for three hundred dollars, uh, there's a new gin drink that's come out that is made from the bodies of foraged ants. Ew! It's made out of ants, so it's called anti gin. What? A new brand of liquor produced in the UK is using insects to help flavor the spirit. Um, so let's see. Uh, so it's a gin tailored spirit. It's so it's an inclusion of foraged redwood ants from the forests in Kent, England. So these ants. Fire acid into the air when they're threatened in Gross. nature, which some people have said smells a bit like salt and vinegar. So uh, the makers of anti-gin thought they could harness the unique aromas of oh. a fire acid coming from ants' asses um, to create a distinctive why, flavor. Why would you want to be a part of that? Like, why, why would you want to drink that? I don't know. Who's, like, smelling ants, you know, sending out their fire acid and going, like, you know what? That's what my gin is I'm going to drink that. And I'm gonna, not only that, I'm going to charge 300 bucks for 300 it. 300 bucks a bottle. Uh, yeah, so what they do is they distill the ants, which is kind of gross. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it says, through distillation of the wood ants, we can explore the tasty universe of the naturally occurring molecules and reactions inside of the ants, capturing the flavors of this fascinating species. So every purchase uh, comes with a 50-milliliter bottle of pure wood ant distilling uh, to give an untarnished taste of the aromatic creatures. Yeah. So it's basically gin 
flavored with something that tastes like salt and vinegar. No. And it's 300 bucks for a bottle of it? For or? a bottle of it. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Uh, each bottle contains the essence of about 62 wood ants. And if you'd like to get them, uh, they'll retail for about $310 a piece. Wow. Mm-hmm. People will buy anything. They sure will. So this guy just goes up, scoops up some ants, throws it in a distiller, and then sells it for 300 bucks. That's something that we could do in Portland. I could do that. We could totally do that. Because you get, like, the sugar ants during the I do. summer, right? I do get sugar ants, Why don't we yeah. call it, like, sugar vodka or something, and then just collect their bodies and dunk it in a bottle of Smirnoff and let it sit for a couple a couple weeks? Yeah. Okay. And then put some actual sugar in it, and I'll then we'll d- call it... Dump ants into it and... This is $300. Yeah. What is distilling? Is that straining? No, it's a process where you distill the alcohol. You have to have something for it. Okay. But what I can just do is buy vodka and I'll just dump some ants in it and then I'll strain the ants back out of it and I'll just say it's ant vodka. Well, I mean, we had read about that before. Can't you distill things by putting them through like a Brita filter? No, no. No, That's called filter. That's filtering. Oh. Okay, I was gonna say, that's you not put just a bunch of, of, you put a bunch of ants on the top filter, of a Brita filter, so you're you're filtering. <laughs> you can put a bunch of ants on the top of a Brita filter, <laughs> then pour the vodka through the Brita filter. Uh, sure, yeah. There we go. That's our ant filtered sh- vodka. It's our sugar vodka. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now story out of Detroit. These kind of stories always make me laugh. So uh, this is a pastor out of Detroit, uh, a pastor who's well known for his anti-gay and transgender posts on social media, was this past weekend outed for seeking sex on the gay-themed app Grinder. <laughs> yes, he was. Photographs and all. Yes, he is well known for being anti-gay, anti-transgender, awesome. but he posted pictures of his face and body on Grinder. <laughs> Trying to find other gay men to have sex And it's actually with. him that posted them? It is absolutely... Uh, it with is his him. face on there, with too. With his face. Wow. With his face. Uh, you know, they, they are the smartest So this uh, guy's name, he's Pastor Matthew Michaela. Uh, he identifies himself as a top in the gay-themed <laughs> oh, wow. grinder app. But I hate them queers, though. <laughs> uh, he wrote that he likes to cuddle, have oral sex, make out naked, and massage men. <laughs> Included with this, he posted... Uh, I, uh, I was just trying to find, find out who the gay ones were, you know, I was and I was going to save them, you know. <laughs> That's what I was going to do. Uh, so I'm not enjoying this one bit. Matthew Michaela posted a nearly nude bathroom mirror uh, picture of himself on the app as well, accompanying uh, <laughs> what he's looking for. So, uh, Although when, he's not only gay, he's like tacky on top of it. He's, yeah, super tacky, right? <laughs> uh, so when confronted by the evidence, uh, the pastor of the, chur- the church of that the, he was a pastor of St. John's Lutheran Church uh, accepted his resi- resignation as a pastor and informed parishioners that uh, Michaela said he had sinned. The church then deleted their social media feeds to try and ward <laughs> off the discussion of the situation. However, there is no way to get away from it. Uh, after this guy, you know, said many slanderous and terrible things about. Oh. Oh, hey, yeah, community. I'm reading what some of the stuff he wrote. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a bastard. Yeah. Oh, wow, that is... So they're, they're <laughs> screen caps. Oh, um, yeah. Many, many screen caps. Uh, the, the church says that this is a difficult situation, and people who keep talking about it, it's making it even more painful. For them. <laughs> so not only did they have to take down... So the churches, you know, they also are fully on board with uh, Pastor Michaela's 
you know, thoughts on it being anti-gay, anti-transgender. Uh, so they're saying so their Facebook page has been bombarded so much so uh, that they had to take it down in an attempt to remove the opportunity for people to keep talking about it. Uh, so they are just asking uh, people to they're urging folks to pray for Michaela and his family. <laughs> Uh, so, so after this came out, uh, his biography was quickly removed. Oh, it's like he worked in radio. It was quickly yeah, right? removed from the St. John Lutheran uh, Church website as if he had never been there. Previously, he had been described as an associate pastor with three daughters and two sons who enjoys family, music, home improvement, gardening, landscaping, and sports. Damn right. You mean boobs, man. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm all about. Yeah, on his you know, personal fornicating <laughs> with women. Only women. <laughs> Did I mention a I like swimsuit sports? model? That's what I have. <laughs> swimsuit issue. Huh, guys? Huh? <coughs> I was reading Playboy the other day. <coughs> oh, there you go. I'm really into sports. So many sports. All the sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. All right. I do have one more story out of Leviton, Pennsylvania. Levittown. Levittown. There we go. Levittown, Pennsylvania. A Pennsylvania teen's sweet 16th birthday party was spoiled and soiled when an apparent airplane bathroom uh, apparent air, uh, airplane bathroom waste fell onto the girl and her guests. Oh, Some airplane like plane, it... had dumped the freezers from their airplane bathroom onto this girl's sweet 16th birthday party oh. as it was flying overhead. Isn't that frozen when it comes out? Like, doesn't it? Uh, I think it's supposed to be frozen, but it, it, maybe if it's not <laughs> that high, oh. it was just splattery. Oh. Well, Joe Cambray, who's the father of the girl of Levittown, said that there were about 40 people at the party <laughs> for his stepdaughter. Uh, this girl's this poor girl's name oh. is Jacinda. And uh, while this was happening, the apparent human waste fell from the sky while some of the guests were in the pool and others were playing horseshoes. (laughs) Joe Cambray said, out of nowhere from the sky, come a bunch of feces. They'd be landing everywhere. Wait, that's how he described it? Yeah, he said, they'd they'd be landing everywhere, lands on her. Got yourself a feces over there. Uh, Joe Cambray goes on to say, the canopy he erected in the backyard was the epicenter of the fecal impact. Uh, he said it landed on the baby seat that was here. This is the epicenter of the fecal impact. <laughs> I do the believe feces that this were was... falling all around us. <laughs> Joe Cambray said, we just got done with the cake. Thank God we took the cake back in because within two minutes, stuff started falling from the sky. There was feces falling. <laughs> it was brown. It was everywhere. It got on everything. Now, uh, they were able to use a smartphone app to discover that there were, in fact, three airplanes in the sky near the party. Right, all just dumping over the... (laughs) So they don't know which one was dumping. They really don't like this girl. Uh, The FAA said the incident is being investigated. Officials say regulations require planes to dispose of their waste at an airport, not while flying over (laughs) Who's going to want to eat cake after, like, (laughs) I understand that it wasn't in the rain. No, 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 they, they finished the cake two minutes before. Oh, okay. They had finished. We said the cake. we just got done with the cake. Thank oh. God we took the cake back in because within two minutes <laughs> something fell from the sky. It was brown. It was everywhere. It got on everything. There were feces all over the tables. It was the epicenter of the, <laughs> the fecal impact. Of the fecal impact. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So there you have it. 
You know what? The epicenter of the fecal impact, <laughs> sir. Let's Those are my two favorite phrases. The epicenter of the fecal impact. <laughs> it was brown. It was everywhere. It got on everything. <laughs> I don't know why I find that out so funny. <laughs> but there you have it. Hopefully your day is not going to be ending up the epicenter of somebody's fecal impact. <laughs> that That's a, what I wish for all of you. That is a bad day when that happens. <laughs> right. There you go. That, my friends, is your world of crazy. Like you're sitting at the center of a fecal impact. Or the epicenter of a fecal Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to start using that more often now. How? How would you put that in? Uh, keep going this way, you're going to wind up at the epicenter of a fecal impact. Oh, yeah, if you keep going down that road. Yeah, keep going down that road. Oh, no. Watch out, you find yourself at the epicenter of a fecal impact. You you, you, you emphasize I know, I did it different, syllable. but I, but I kind of but I kind of like it that way. I don't like the fecal. Fecal impact. Fecal impact. Fecal. How a cowboy. <laughs> I don't know. Fecal impact. <laughs> Oh, all right. Let's 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 move on from whatever it was we were just doing. What were we doing? I don't know. Um, should we do a little bit of a little bit of ball talk? Just a slight, just a smidge, just a dash. Just a little bit. Oh, that's a good one. Shock in the chat says, you know, talking about a shitty week, you can say. <laughs> This last week has just been the epicenter of a fecal impact. Oh, man, I'm having a bad day. It's like I'm at the epicenter of a fecal impact right now. Sweet sit- shit, Steen. I can't even say that properly. All right, I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. balls. So I like sports, Sarah. Yeah, you I'm into and, sports. You and other manly in, men. And nudie mags. And boobs. Did I say boobs? Yeah. You know, making sweet love to a a woman and her parts. Yeah, that's all I'm care yeah, about, man. Yeah, the parts. Yeah, no penises for me. Not me, man. Except for it's your own, right? Right, just mine. That's the only penis I like to look at. I'd like to show you. All right. Will you stop? Did you really just say it? I, I don't even know. I'm not even going to ask what you just said. I'm trying to play the <laughs> secretly gay pastor. All right. First up in ball talk, we've got this. The NBA draft lottery happened yesterday, and the winner of the draft lottery, so this determines who is going to be picking first in the NBA draft coming up, was the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota Timberwolves the number got the number one pick in the NBA draft. So that's going to be coming up. And shocking everyone or no one, at number two, the L.A. Lakers managed oh, to wow. jump up that's a bunch a real... of slots. I can't believe that happened. The Lakers never have things go their way. How on earth the Lakers ended up landing the second pick? Wow. Big, uh, big mystery there. Then the 76ers are going third. The Knicks are going fourth. Magic fifth. And then it just kind of goes in reverse order after that. So, yes, the L.A. Lakers get the number two pick in the NBA draft. Granted, they did have a bad season, but it, it's just shocking how that would happen. Mm. I'm sure conspiracy theorists will have nothing to say about how the Lakers got the number two pick. Uh, moving on to ball talk. This is an interesting negotiating tactic. So this just came out about um, Charles Barkley. So Charles Barkley, if you've ever watched any of the playoffs or or NBA on TBS or or on TNT, Mm -hmm. Turner Broadcasting, basically, they have a a contract with the NBA to show a lot of games, including quite a bit of the playoffs. Yeah. And they're kind of in studio, at least uh, halftime, actual halftime thing, is 
where they have Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny Smith, and then Ernie, kind of the four commentators. It's pretty funny. They, yeah. they poke a lot of fun at each other and then you know mess up a lot, which, which is half the fun. Charles Barkley being one of the key ones on there. Well, his contract was coming up. And Turner Broadcasting wanted him back on so bad, they, the president flew out to meet with him, and they wooed him to sign the contract with $1,700 worth of wine and tequila. That is how they got Charles Barkley to sign. So he showed up at the house. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess they were like, they, they just wanted to convince him to come back to Turner for an, uh, signed through like the 2024 season. So it's for, for a long time. Um, Charles Barkley said, my agent never got involved. That's how much I respect I have for David. Uh, talking about the president. David bought two bottles of wine, two bottles of tequila, and we killed them. The money at this stage of my life does not matter. At this stage of my life, I'm not concerned about money. I shook his hand and said, we got a deal. So get Charles Barkley drunk, and apparently he'll sign anything. All right, on tequila and wine. So that's expensive tequila and wine, though. Yeah. $1,700 worth. Two two bottles of wine, two bottles of tequila. All right, moving on to ball talk. The NBA Western Conference playoffs did start yesterday. And the Golden State Warriors took on the Houston Rockets. The Golden State Warriors did end up winning. They were losing for a while. And uh, they did end up making it through, though, and won the game. Awesome. Yes. So the Golden State Warriors now up 1-0 and over the Houston Rockets. Also continuing in... Uh, Which is good, because we want the Warriors to do better than yeah, the Rockets. Yeah, I want the Warriors. Yeah, yeah I want okay. the Warriors to win. Yeah. Yeah. Steph, Cur- Steph Curry, even at his uh, uh, post-game press conference had like his little girl there she kept interrupting everything but it was it was kind of funny oh that's adorable yeah, it, was, it was pretty adorable and like she, his little girl child not little girl like no, no he's like okay. like two year old or something okay yeah no he it, doesn't it, seem like he's old I know that he's like an well, adult that's because Steph Curry looks like he's 12 he looks like he's 12 yeah I he think he's like actually probably like 27 or 8 or something but no he Steph Curry looks because he, he still has this really bad mustache or goatee thing that you can tell he can't really grow it very well, but he's grown it for a long time and kind of cultivated it and, like, brushes it in. So he looks like a little kid. However, damn good player. Also, he was uh, fined $5,000 for flopping in last night's game. So there is that oh. little, side, little side thing. But there we go. All right. I was going to torture everyone with another song, but you know what? I'm not going to do it today. Okay. I'm giving a reprieve. I'm going to give a reprieve that's, for that's today. That's really nice. It is. We'll save it for tomorrow. I think we talked a lot about music with the Phantom of the Opera already. I think that's okay. Yeah, that was a lot. Mm -hmm. All right, that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. Oh, my throat is starting to bother me a little bit again. You need to drink more tea. Oh, no, I think it's the tea. Why do you hate tea? I don't understand. Nobody hates tea. I don't, I just, I I love coffee. I think there are coffee or tea people. I don't like tea Mm. at all. Like, honestly, my mouth feels dried out and it's kind of like a cracky caffeine. Like, it doesn't feel like the same. Like, I like my. My wave, my warm chocolate wave of wonderful coffee rushing over me. This, I just feel kind of cracky and my mouth is dry. I don't like it. It's just like... It's more respectable. It's more high society. I know it is respectable. Everyone's like, oh, I'd like a tea. I don't... I'm a, I'm, I'm a black coffee girl. What? I don't know. I was just going to see if you were going to, going to elaborate no, on that or elaborate. if there was more. All right. Well, to we it. do have a couple birthdays today that we need to get out. Yes, we do. First and foremost, I do want to wish... A very, 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 very happy first day, first two hours on this earth 
to our dear friends, Summer and Gil, our friends. Summer just had her baby boy named Chambers. Yes. I'm so excited. Summer's one of my right dearest friends. Right before the friends. show. Right before the show. Like, she was just like, she's a trooper. She was like, all right, you guys, I'm uh, headed to, th-. she wrote me saying she was headed to the hospital an hour and a half before she had her baby. Damn. And then there was a picture. So, anyway, Summer and Gil are an amazing couple. Um, Chambers is going to be a big brother to an amazing little boy named Revolution. Just want to wish a very happy birthday. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. first day on Earth, Chambers. Happy birthday. To you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Hot damn right. And summer, now you can drink. Yes, you can. <laughs> summer, we'll bring in you some vodka. Uh, next up, we have a we have a few birthdays today, correct? Uh, we do. We have uh, we have two, Ooh. two that I that I know of, of that I've uh, taken a look at here. So one. We've got to say happy birthday to Eloise. 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 She is uh, – Eloise is my Fitbit uh, buddy. I know okay. how much you love me talking about Fitbit. Yeah, please. But that girl never stops, uh, like, exercising. I swear, she walks, like, 30 miles a day. Oh, so she's always beating she you in this. She shames me. Yep. Yes. And then she posts on there and be like, oh, look No, what she's I did. really sweet and encouraging. Like, she's – she has, like, the – like, she's in such fantastic Do you shape. think it's, like, uh, subtle shaming? I don't think so. It's I think like, she's like genuinely you with nice. Kindness kind of thing. I think I, I think she's genuinely oh, okay. just a sweet, nice girl. That's just me. That's trying to figure out. Yeah, how I she's... think that you're just trying to make her worse, and she's not. Okay. Okay. Happy All birthday, right. Eloise. Happy birthday, Eloise. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Hot damn right. Whoops! I think I said that Chambers is going to be the. Big brother. Chambers, little brother. Revolution, big brother. Yep. There, there we, we go. go. All right. All right. And uh, also, we need to say happy birthday to Kendra. 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 Well, happiest of birthdays, you beautiful, wonderful lady. Yes, indeed. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. I'm damn right. That was really bad. Yeah, were you trying to sing along or something? I don't know. I was just trying to change it up. Okay. Spice it up. Just mix it up a little. I've got the musical bug now, Sarah. After seeing Phantom of the Opera, I yeah. think I'm ready to join. Sign up. Travel around the world. It's like a fancy carnival. I think you could probably do the singing. I don't think you could do the dancing. I don't think I'd want to do the dancing. I just don't think you physically could. I think I physically could. You would trip. You would You would be so spastic. No, if I practice, I could do that. I did karate, and I didn't trip. I could dance if I wanted to dance. I still want to. I could totally do it. Okay. At night she calls to me. Then I'll do a little flip around or something like that. That's exactly Somersault. it. Somersault. You, you nailed it. Yeah. We should do my adaptation. Um, send us an email. Funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call. 503-575-9120. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to Fun Employment Radio. You are fantastic. We do want to say a very big thank you to one of our fine sponsors, and that is Asylum. Asylum on 37th and Hawthorne, right across the street from the Baghdad Theater. They are just amazing. Oh, they are incredible. Big thank you to Anton and Deb. And go in there. If you haven't been in there for a while, go and check it out. They're always getting brand new vintage furniture in. They've got all kinds of amazing things. There's, it's basically, it's like two stores in one. It is. It's great. You can you get a great mix of like the old and the new together. Yep. It is, uh, it is just fantastic. And uh, we want to say thank you to them. Also, go in there and pick up mm. one of our hats. 
because we have hats for sale in there, and everybody that's bought one of our hats really likes them, but we need you to go in there and pick one up. Yes, if you'd like a hat. Get, get yourself you a good hat. Get yourself a nice hat. You know, you keep the sun out of your eyes. Keep the sun out of your it's eyes. You know, you don't want to get that, uh, you don't want to burn your face. No, you don't want to do that. that ball in the sky comes out. You want to protect yourself and get yourself a good Fun Employment Radio hat mm-hmm. down there at a silo. That's real good. That's real good. It just makes sense. 37th and Hawthorne. Go down there and get that there. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Coming up on the Fun Employment Radio Network later today will be The Carl Show starring Jason, followed by Geek in the City. Awesome. Oh, no, wait. No Geek in the City this week. No Geek in the City. All right. So Carl Show Aaron is out of town. Awesome. Carl Show starring Jason. Woo. There we go. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. Look out, bye. Reminder, we start at noon tomorrow. That was it. There's nothing. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's not playing. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network.